Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited. So you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you'd like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Mm, lion face. Ah, lemon face. Mm, lion face. Ah, lemon face. Mm, lion face. Ah. <laughs> Welcome. Oh shit. I am blowing the fuck out right now because my shit is on 35 and it should be about 29 or 27. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Is there anybody Hello. out there? Is there anybody out there? I miss talking to you. How yeah, you? it's been a while. Yeah. We haven't chatted in a while. We've both been we busy dudes. Hmm? We started doing this about a year ago, kind of. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did a couple of those uh um like uh Blu-ray uh chats with a big right. yeah, but that big was crowd. a year ago, Stephen. Was that a year ago? Oh my god. No, it was not a year ago. That was this year. I'm talking was this year. hold on. The hold out. The hold up. <laughs> hold up i can never remember come on don't, don't hold that against me i'm quizzing you man i'm don't, keeping points don't hold that against ah, me. i'll hold it up right against we did, the <laughs> we did the hold up back to back and mm-hmm. then we did the set we did we did that really really grim oh movie. that's right the uh the divide the, the, divide. the divide yeah that was it's- cheerful you know what's funny though? At the time, I said to you, I said, "Hey, Stephen, this is the anti-rent." And then I started. I, I was like watching Rent a lot for some reason. Don't ask me why. I was watching so much, but I was watching Rent, and I was like, "Wait a minute, Rent is really depressing too." So it's not the anti-rent. It's just Rent. It's the just Rent the apocalypse. Yeah. Everybody's gonna die, you know. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jen uh, did a watch party last night with some friends of ours, and uh, they watched The Ruins, and I did not watch The Ruins. Have you seen The Ruins? Because I'm about to spill it at the end. Yeah, she told me the whole thing, uh, which is fine. Like, I, I yeah, it's I'm I'm fine with it. But like, apparently, so the the ruins, the bad guy, the monster, turns out to be plants, and um, all Spoilers. the Spoilers, big spoilers, big spoilers. Oh, huge spoilers are about to come. Because uh, she was complaining about the very, 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 very end of it, where, like, the final girl escapes past the Mayans. And the Mayans are trying to keep everybody there because they don't want this plant getting out. And this girl escapes, even though she's, like, covered in the plant. And now the world's going to die. Like, right. that's that's going right. to be the end of it, you know? Pretty much, pretty much. And then there's, like, there was something, there was something with something. There was, like, something... <laughs> Yeah, Hugh. Hugh was right. He says it was okay. It was. It was okay. okay kind of creep show. show. And Sinead. Sin, I'm sorry. Sinead. Sinead. Sorry. That's I'm problem. so sorry for mispronouncing your name. Hello. How are you? Welcome to the channel. 
But yeah, it was yeah. one of the yeah, it was one. It was just like uh yeah, the world is going to end. The world, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the sense. Okay, so I, I did not watch it with her. I want to make that clear before I say anything else. I, I did not watch it with her. I did not get the sense though that the movie itself was really kind of aware of that it kind of seemed like the end was uh, according to the tenor of the movie, like a victory. Like it wasn't like, yeah. um, I told her there should have been a scene. <laughs> I, I told her there's wait, 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 you're writing the movie. I am. I'm you're you're seeing it. The, the, the woman should have gotten away. She should have gotten back to okay. her plane and been on the okay. plane back to the U S and then like she falls asleep on the plane and she wakes up halfway through the flight and she looks next to her and there's a woman sitting next to her with a baby in her arms and the baby has right. like the plants moving underneath the skin. That would have been a good end of the movie. That would have been a <laughs> fucked up end of the movie. Hugh, tell me if my mic sounds better now. I've turned it up even though I'm clipping a little bit. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, those plants, me. those plants talk, Stephen. The plants talk. Do they? Yeah, they talk. They actually talk. They use wind. They manipulate the winds. They can they can speak. It's a very Stephen King-esque. I know we just mentioned Creepshow, but it is very yeah, yeah. Stephen King-esque. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. You didn't see, tell me, you didn't watch uh, The Amusement Park, did you? No, no, not yet. Not yet. That's on my list. Good. I'm excited about that. Good. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. for what it was for what it was i enjoyed it thoroughly yeah, yeah. i mean it's not really i think it's kind of um it is a lost george romero film but not really because yeah. it's like it's a like, shot a lot of industrial films and it's right, an right. industrial film being marketed mm-hmm. as a horror film and it's not really it borderlines horror but it's not it's 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 an industrial film. That's yeah, I, I, I understand it. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't watched it yet. But like, uh, uh, it was he was hired to do this industrial, and then kind of went on a on a Romero tangent in the middle of yeah. it or something like that. Yeah, perfect perfect way to describe it. Okay. And you know, I mean, that's just like that's so Romero of Romero. <laughs> you know, like that's very much. But he did that a lot when he in uh, I think it was Laurel Entertainment. Uh, which is the the company that he formed with uh, Richard Rubenstein after Image 10. Image 10 kind of dissolves a little bit. He's still working with Heinzman, who plays the cemetery zombie in Night of Living Mm. Dead 1968. Heinzman is a a renaissance man, jack of all trades, uh, cinematographer, director, writer, producer. He made a movie called The Flesh Eaters in 1988, which was where he kind of reprised his role as the cemetery ghoul. And it's not not a terribly good film but um, <laughs> you know but him and george continue to work get, work together when he was just kind of doing these industrial they were doing industrial films in the yeah, 70s yeah. to pay the bills basically you know i mean listen. i mean uh, listen i so i don't know i'll cut you off my bad no no go ahead go ahead I, please. so i lament uh i lament my my situation a lot um and i've become over the last year and a half i've become increasingly uh, aware of the privilege that I have in lamenting it. Cause like, I, you know, yeah. five years ago, I, I like when I met, um, I, I met Michael and Sophia, for instance, like, right. They're two people who yeah. have made a choice, made a conscious choice to per, uh, pursue their pursuits, right. They, they, they make movies for a living 
Um, and sometimes they do it for other people. Sometimes they do it for themselves. Meanwhile, I work a right. day job and I make movies on the side whenever I can afford it. And right. a long time I complained about that. Um, and then this last year and a half happened. And like all my good friends who are engaging creative pursuits full time got kind of just raked. I don't know what our, our, our profanity rule is here on, on the Jeff show. Okay. <laughs> everybody got fucked, right? Like everybody got totally screwed. And meanwhile, I am, like I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm working from home right now in my right. shitty day job and I should shut the fuck up. I'm, I should be happy that I still have paychecks and whatever. But anyway, my point was, God, if you can get the stable work behind a camera, man, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds cool to me. You know, like if it's, uh, I don't know how stable it was for Romero. Oh man, this is such a great topic. I have so much to say about it. I'm going to, so here's the thing. Here's the way I slice it. I, I do agree with what you're saying, but I also, my fear. And again, I only speak for me. I don't Mm. speak for anybody else because there are some people that, most certainly love i'm sure that there are filmmakers that love to pay the bills by you know shooting instead of having to go work some straight job because mm-hmm. i hate working straight jobs too but at the same time i there is something to be said for you know uh, if you if it becomes your job if you're if you if your if your money is connected to the thing mm-hmm. then it's then your relationship with it in your private life or your professional life. You know, we're, we're kind of like all sort of like this breed of, you know, indie filmmaker who has a straight job, but also kind of considers themselves having a career and trying to make art, you know, not necessarily for profit, but to like, because this is what we have to do because this is who we are. And, you know, it's part of our identity and, um, I feel okay not speaking in I statements for that because I know I've spoken to so many people that like, you know, feel that way. And so for me, I always wonder, and there were a couple of times, there were a couple opportunities. Like I recently, um, I had a gig editing lawyer commercials and it was actually really easy to do. And it was pretty simple and straightforward. And the money was really, really good, but it was a, it was a freelance. It was a one-time freelance gig. That was an audition. <laughs> Excuse me. It was an audition. Thank you. It was an audition for for uh, you know regular contract work, and I'm glad that it didn't work out because I could just imagine all the editing that I do already, and then being burnt out and having to go like be like, no, this is like how I make money. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a it, it's a catch twenty two. I don't no. know. I, you know I'll tell you, I had an interesting thought, Stephen, and maybe this sounds crazy. I was in Trader Joe's the other day because I'm going because I'm, I, you know, my unemployment's about to run out and I'm at a I'm at a point where, you know, and I've like had a gig here and a gig there, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like I'm looking like, where can I work part time while I still try to grind at this YouTube thing? I hear that's a and company, by the way, that's pretty decent to its employees. That's what I've read. What? Trader Joe's. If oh no, Trader not YouTube. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at Trader Joe's. I mean, look, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the shirt, right? <laughs> I, I'm already dressed for the part. I was kind of wearing a shirt like this. I'm in Trader Joe's and I'm just kind of looking around and I'm seeing people of all walks of life, like 
you know, there's a lot, you see a lot of older people, like older, mm-hmm. older people working there. I'm just kind of going like, I think this is where I belong. Like, this is where I, this is where I should be. Like, you know, in a part-time role where I can get benefits, I can have a 401k. I can, yeah, Mark is talking. Mark says it right here. He says the Whole Foods gang. I mean, same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Same, same exact thing. You know, some sort of situation where it's like mindless work where you get benefits and then it's like, okay, now I got to go and do the thing that really matters, you know? Yeah, I I long for work where, I don't know, I, I, I long for one of two things. Like if it, when it comes to a day job, I long for either something that I can get invested in and feel good about and treat like my career or something that I can fucking leave at work when I go home. And I've, I've been spending the last, I don't know, 20-ish years like hovering between these areas where it's like, I don't, I'm not important enough that I can just wash my hands at five o'clock and walk and go home. But, um, uh, I I'm too high up that, that I don't get them. I don't get the messages, you know, the text messages right. in the middle of the night and I don't get, I don't have, I I'm still worried about, okay, well, fuck, what are we going to do this semester about replacing this inventory system or whatever, you know? Um, and it's, it's this middle ground area that makes me a little kind of crazy. I, man, I, I can just imagine. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I was in a job last year, by the way, Hugh is asking if oh, yeah. there's a trailer for your flick yet. Can you, can you give that answer real quick? Uh, for the one I'm trying to make right now, there is, yeah, fat, fingers. there we is a, we have not, there is a, uh, there's a pitch video. <laughs> there's a pitch video. Go there's to the Kickstarter. You'll be able to see yeah, all yeah. about it. but um yeah you know it's just it's just one of those things like you know i was i was full i was i was i was a salary i was in a salaried position last year i actually lost my i was laid off this week a year ago you know what i mean wow Yeah, yeah and 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 you know like and what's amazing about that was is like i i hated my job so much that i was actually relieved when i got laid off because I couldn't quit because I have a mortgage and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I and, you know, kids and yada, yada, yada. But yet at the same time, I was like, I was like, I, I'm like dying inside. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden I started jumping on YouTube. I got my account remonetized and I've started to build this, you know, very small audience, but like a little community. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, fuck, like I just, man, I got to grind this as hard as possible and get to a place where this is my day job. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm really happy. <laughs> I mean, know? that's like, the dream, you know, like people, um, I don't know, people on the outside, maybe they don't get this. Like, uh, um, we're not trying to be rich. We're not trying to, you know, I don't think you're probably trying right. to be Logan Paul or some no. shit, right? You want to be in a position where you can, you know, fuck Logan Paul. God, I hate that guy so much. I hate him uh, so much. I and hate him. And they're both such okay. shit fuckers, man. Oh, so <laughs> but you want to be in a position where you can do the thing, where you can spend your day doing right. the thing that makes you feel good. Exactly. And, exactly. and you don't have to try to cram it into the interstices at the end of your day and on your weekends and stuff like that, right? Like you can yeah. say, you know, instead of instead of doing something soulless eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and then trying to get something cathartic and creative done in the meantime you do something that feels pretty good most of the time even though it's work right. like i'm not afraid to work 
I've been on set. I know how to work. I just don't want to work. It doesn't even feel like work. It's it not work, yeah. work because you want to do it. It's like what drives you. I'm driven to do all this YouTube stuff and all this, mm -hmm. you know, filmmaking stuff and even just this podcast stuff. So, yes, yeah, it's just so much more. Work. The, the fest, the fest is something like right. the first year I did it, I thought it would be a one off. It'd be this fun thing I could do for a weekend. Uh, and then. It was just so, I had never felt anything so fulfilling before. Never. And right. so, yeah, I would just like, I wish I could high. just, it did. It absolutely did. I, yeah. I would just love to keep doing that and let that be my thing, you know. Um, let's let's tell our origin stories here. Because sure. Mark is asking a question. Mm -hmm. Mark, we saw your question. Um, what, what, what movie inspired you? to start your filmmaking career. I actually, I have an origin story, but you go, you go first. Let's hear yours. Let's well, hear what yours <laughs> um, so I, I think I, I, I don't want to be too squarely. I feel like I have two answers here. I think there's a movie that maybe realized I wanted to be a filmmaker, but then between that, there was uh, or after that, there was a long period of time when I didn't know what my voice was. And then I saw another movie that, that I, you know, it sounds like an exaggeration. It really changed my life and made me realize, okay, this is what I want to do. And that led to me actually making movies. Whereas in between, it was just like, yeah, it'd be really cool to be a filmmaker. So the movie, sorry, uh, it was Mark? Was, uh, anyway. Yeah, that um, was Mark. That was Mark. What's up, Chris, by the way? <laughs> Evening, Chris. Answer A, believe it or not was Alien 3 was the movie that made me realize, holy shit, I love movies so much. This is like, I just, I'd been watching them my whole life. Of course they were, they were, yeah. they were all my free time. But then I saw Alien 3 and I was like, something changed. Something was like, oh my God, I want to do this. Now this is something I want to do. And then right. I went a lot of years just kind of floundering in there and not really knowing what kind of moves I wanted to make, what, what kind of an artist I was or anything like that. And then in 2013, I know it's, it's, it's late in 2013, I saw a short film called wad up by a guy named Steve Girard. And yeah. it oh. fucking changed my life. I've heard you talk about this film. Hold on. I, go back to yeah. the alien three for sure, just sure, a second. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, so, so you see, you're watching alien three. I just want to marinate mm -hmm. in this. <laughs> you're watching alien three and what on VHS. Thought? Yeah, what is the thought that's going through your mind though when you're watching it? Like, what, the, like, how does that at, work? At the top of it was, um, I have never seen anything this bleak. Gotcha. Now, since then, I had like before this point, I was really mostly <laughs> oh, mainstream yes, watching. But yeah, definitely have since then. But at that point in my life, I was like, I have never seen anything this just merciless, you know. And right. at the same time, I was thinking, okay. This movie, you know, Aliens, the Cameron Aliens, loomed larger right. in my mind than Alien did at the time, uh, at this point in my life. Um, <laughs> that's funny. The, the, I read the Gibson script, too. And I thought the Gibson script was a lot of fun. But I really think Alien 3 was something that was just, like, so unexpected so out of there like a wooden planet at one point. yeah oh yeah i remember the wooden planet yeah yeah i so um i thought the movie okay so alien 3 started with gibbs or uh, a uh, newt fuck it hicks and newt just not hicks yeah hicks yeah, and newt, hicks and newt. I, I don't know why i'm doing this hicks and newt high. dead off screen spoilers i mean it's like the first minute of the movie right yeah. <laughs> but they're dead yeah. off screen and it was like I suddenly knew that all the all the all the rules that I had sort of taken for granted, like in Aliens, you knew 
that most of the Marines were going to die. You knew Sigourney Weaver was going to live. You knew that Newt was going to live from the beginning. You knew most of the Marines would die. Would it be Hicks? Would Hicks live or not? There's a little bit of uncertainty. Uh, but with Alien 3, you come in thinking, all right, it's going to be another Alien movie. We're going to have these structures that the movie's going to be built around. And in the first minute, they say, uh-uh, fuck you. No. They these... subvert your expectations in Absolutely. the very first minute. Absolutely. And then it's just this brutal, grim slog. This just like like right. August Doré painting come to life. You know, uh, I, I loved it. I, I'd never it's seen great. anything like it before. I've oh, I've never I've oh, the first four alien, the first four, whatever. Mm, I, I mm-hmm. like I love Alien Resurrection, too, by that wonderful French director who whose name is Jean-Pierre Genet. Yeah, he just makes phenomenal films. He did no, a great job. Delicatessen. in there. That, yeah, that that weird guy. Oh, Dominique that, Pignon, the he, the yeah. guy in the in the chair in Alien Four, Alien Resurrection, uh, the yeah. one from Delicatessen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dominique he, Pignon, he's hilarious. Yeah, I love he's him. Great. Yeah, he's in Mix He's in Delicatessen. <laughs> yeah. He's in he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in City and, of Lost um, Children like six times. <laughs> yes. And um, I, I always thought, man, all of the, I just love them all. So I always loved yeah, Alien yeah. 3. I never saw it. Charles Dance is great. Yeah, he's um, amazing. Oh, so good. You know, uh, um, always, um, all of them are great. Oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Rock is the only thing I'm thinking of. But uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, oh, no. The the leader of the prisoners. Um, Black dude? Yeah. Glasses? I don't know. Oh, my God. Awesome. At the end, he's like, Charles Dutton. Charles he's Dutton. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I can take it. I can take it. Is that all you got? And I love it. Like, so, like, the, the sacrifice. It's just so beautiful, man. It's yeah, beautiful. yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. Great. I loved it so much. Yeah. Big and fan. even as she's dying, even as she, like, does this, like, you know, she, she, she backflops. It's, like, the most mm. beautiful death. It's, like, she accepts... She accepts like going on this planet, like the, it's like the adversity, the adversity that they must overcome to survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Just to exist, you know, to exist. And then all of a sudden being like, there's no way I can. And accepting mm-hmm. the instead of like the idea of like, maybe I can get out of this if I go with them. She's like, no, I'm going to die with this thing. You know, mm-hmm. and because and there is a metaphor to uh, Chris is saying right here, there's a backstory of the xenomorph, whether he is the devil himself is touched. touched like on, prisoner Gallic. Yeah. yeah. But what's what's interesting is it's almost like in a way, you know, there's a metaphor for, you know, rape and stuff in the first one. But mm-hmm. in this third one, it's like it's it's almost like motherhood and like deciding whether you want to become a mother or that she wants to become a mother or not because she's got the thing inside of her and yeah, yeah. chooses to sacrifice herself or whatever. But it's also kind of like this idea that like, you know, it's it's almost like a continuation of that of that the, the connotations of rape in the sense that like, OK, now you have the baby of your. Of, of the monster right mm, yeah am yeah. i gonna keep it or am i going to like not keep it you know and i choose death because i refuse to raise this monster mm-hmm. so you know it just it it goes all over the place it was yeah yeah uh i yeah i loved it <laughs> um it um, just made me tell me about the other film tell me about the other so film. this other film all right um the short the short the film. short the short it's it's uh by uh, a guy named steve gerard it's up for yeah. free on youtube right now or on uh, vimeo right now maybe youtube doesn't matter anyway it's called wad up and it starts off like i'm gonna try briefly to describe what happens but it's not really important 
Okay. Uh, it starts off with a corn road white wrapper wrapping to himself. Yeah. And then he goes into the bathroom and he cuts off his own head and he continues wrapping while he takes yeah. his head to the bathtub. And then his body starts to fuck his neck stump uh, while his head is still like talking to it. And then it gets weird <laughs> because then uh, you we don't f- say <laughs> we follow the fluids down the drain of the bathtub and go into this bizarre cartoon world. I've what happens doesn't story. really. Yeah, I've it's amazing. Because you posted it one time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've definitely seen the show. Okay. <laughs> so this movie I had, this was my first year when I was volunteering at the Florida Film Festival. And the Ford, Florida Film Festival is a great festival. Um, it's a, they, they play tons of big um, indie movies, like uh, just really great stuff coming out. But they have, yeah. this was my first experience. And you veteran festgoers probably already know this. This was totally new to me. But this was my first experience with the Midnight movie because they had a block of films called the Midnight Shorts. Oh. And I, this was, this yeah. was the moment, man. This is when my life changed. Cause I went in there not having any ex- expectations. I was, uh, I was a volunteer. So I got to go in when I wasn't working or, and, and there were still seats. So like that left me like, okay, I'll go do the midnight one because nobody else is like, right. I don't need to work for it. So I, I show up for the midnights and the little bumpers come through and everything. And then this first movie starts and this guy's rapping and I'm like, what am I looking at here? And then by the end of it, like my brain had melted and drained out of my nose. It was over like uh, oh this God. whole new, like I never knew you could do that. You know, I never knew so you could like, do that. Wait, that that counts. That's that, part yeah, of the rule. Yeah, yeah, we could do this. This yeah. is a this is a thing. And then it just got better and better that over the course more, of that. Yeah. And after, that shaped everything. Like that. Uh, like I walked out that night with the treatment in my head for the first short film I did that I consider mine. You know that I consider in my right. voice. And uh, um, and I knew sick and wrong came from that because I knew that I just wanted a whole festival dedicated to this stuff, just a whole event based around this kind of bizarre, inexplicable, like, I don't even know. I, I, you know, I've been running the fest for six years. I still don't know how to describe these movies, man. Like if you're talking to somebody and I, 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 I'm trying to be real careful about saying this because I don't want it to sound disparaging. If you're talking to somebody who has seen movies like Eraserhead or, or Cuso, you know, you can say, um, or Holy Mountain or something like that, you could say, oh, it's a midnight movie. But if you talk to somebody who hasn't seen those, somebody who the weirdest thing they've seen has been, I, I don't even know, like, um, I don't know, somebody who's only ever seen movies in the Cineplex, right? There's there's trying to explain to that person what Sick and Wrong is about. I always end up just kind of accidentally giving them the impression that it's a horror festival. And it's not, it's not. It's a It's a weirdo festival. It's like, I want you to have, when you come, I want you to have that brain melting experience that I went through, you know? See, that's the problem that I've always had with your festival in the sense of, I always think of it as like either like a horror festival. I just always feel like it has to be like, whatever is going to be made. It has to be like the most, it has to be like sick and wrong. It doesn't, (laughs) if it doesn't feel sick and wrong, then it, then it's not going to, but when you speak about it like that, that's actually what, really attracted me to Nightmares Film Festival when I submitted oh, yeah. my feature oh, because yeah. they had a midnight category. And when I, I was struggling because I made a 
horror adjacent film but it was mm-hmm. not a horror film it was right, a, right i would say it's more of a midnight film and i know that's like that's like a a, a I know that's a moniker that you have that you can't call your own film a midnight film. It has to earn the yeah. title of a midnight film. But I don't know how else to describe yeah. what I made. I made a gothic noir. That's how I describe it. It's a gothic noir with a little bit of horror and a little bit of John Waters and a little bit of whatever, like whatever. Just weird. To try, trying to be weird. Trying to uh, trying to make the movies that I love. For me, you know, I love like Forbidden Zone. Yeah, and like yeah, meet the Feebles and like you know, uh, meet the Hollowheads and like we talked <laughs> just all the films that we've spoken of, like bizarre, back, dark, backward, right? Yeah, stuff that you know. What's funny though that all that stuff would in a video store, a mom and pop shop, or a blockbuster, it would still go in the horror section. It right, it's part of the scene, even though it's not a slasher film. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, just real quick. For me, my film was a documentary in the year 2004. It was called The Snowball Effect, and it came on the Clerks 10th anniversary edition. I was 18 years old, fresh out of high snowball. school. Okay. Yeah, the sn- like the snowball okay. <laughs> effect. I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. All my friends went to four-year school. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was super depressed. I was in community college, taking a couple of basic classes. Mm -hmm. I was directionless, aimless youth. And then I was watching the snowball effect because I love clerks is one of my favorite films. And I love Kevin Smith and yada, 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 whatever. And I'm watching it. And I'm suddenly like, it was like a, I literally, you know, I call it, it was like my Batman moment. Like when Bruce Wayne is sitting in his, Armchair and like a bat. <laughs> well, that's uh-huh. it. I become a bat. Eureka! And for me, that was I'm watching this movie and I'm going, yeah, that's what I want to be. I want to tell stories too. I just knew it because I was always yeah. a storyteller. Just never thought of it in that kind of way. And that started a spark that sparked the passion of wanting to, you know, immerse myself in every aspect and get to a place where I could be completely autonomous in the process, which I'm very close to. Cause I, you know, listen, I know that filmmaking is a team effort, especially with what you're doing and what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Filmmaking at the end of the day, filmmaking is teamwork. You can't, I mean, it's undeniable. However, there are certain, there are certain people cut from a certain cloth who are never going to fit into that mold. And I think I'm just happen to be one of them. I'm a person that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to go to LA and I'm not going to mm-hmm. go to New York city. I just can be where I'm at. And I'm going to tell some small little contained story with the money that I can pull out of my own pocket. And, you know, and I truly believe in the creed. And I'm sure you'll be experiencing this shortly as you make your, this is your first feature length film, right? Te- oh no, no, it's not your second. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we share. Oh, yep. <laughs> and we juice. share. That's right. Oh my God! I'm. I can't believe we collaborated. I know. This is awesome. <laughs> cool. It's pretty cool. I guess that's technically. I mean, that's. I guess I could kind of count that as being a part of a feature film directing like yeah. a segment for a feature film, huh? I, I, I mean, we broke ninety minutes on that, right? We broke ninety minutes. Yeah. I mean, you really found a way to tell a story like out of like nothing. Like you really told the story. I mean, I was. I was captivated but the point is is that like you know 
you, you, at the end of the day, if, if you're really passionate about being a filmmaker and you get an idea and stuff, if you're the director and the writer, or the, 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 the idea man, mm -hmm. nobody, everybody might care, but nobody will ever care about that idea as much as you do. Nobody is going to break their back harder than you will to will this thing into existence. That's not to say that people are not going to work hard. It just no, means sure. that nobody is going to treat it like the baby that you consider it. And from that motivation, realizing that if you don't have money to hire people and like properly like, like hire people and do stuff, you're going to have to do that stuff yourself. You, yourself yeah. Yeah. you have to do it yourself. And if you're going to do it yourself, you better know what you're doing or strive to try and do the best at knowing what you're doing. And that's mm -hmm. like the, the process. And, you know, I, I look at a guy, we were talking about George Romero. I look at a guy like George Romero, who's just like, yeah, he had like a, a team, but like, he was a guy who was like, fuck the system. I'm just going to make movies right where I'm at. I'm going to be a regional mm -hmm. filmmaker and I'm going to just churn them out. And I was like, I want to be okay. I want to make movies because what Kevin, this, this Kevin Smith right, documentary, right but I want to be just like my hero, George Romero, and just stay where I'm at and just make little films. And then made a little film and being like, oh my God, I don't know how to market this because it's like yeah. not, it's like nothing and like it's not commercial at all and nobody gives a shit about it. And then seeing like this category, Midnight Feature, and going, oh, that's what I'm making. I'm making midnight movies. This is a midnight movie. I have to advertise this as a midnight movie. It's not a horror movie. That's why when I send it to horror festivals, it gets rejected because it's not a horror film. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be in its own animal you know i wish that i wish that genre would achieve wider adaptation or uh adapt uh, not adaptation acceptance i don't know wider acceptance yeah like i for instance on the kickstarter like uh i you you say what category oh it's a film and they say all right what subcategory and it's a bunch of genres and i'm like okay well it's not horror even though it's going to be kind of horrific it's not comedy even though it's going to be funny it's not what what am i gonna if they just threw midnight on there you know, I feel like like it's not experimental, even though there's going to be experimental elements. But if you just threw Midnight on there, we could we could we could, you know, I, I don't know. I think a, a lot of people are looking at the campaign video going, OK, this sounds fun. He sounds like a, like he's really interested in this and maybe this is going to be a good project. But what kind of movie is this going to be? And like there's not much of an answer to that. You should just, So just call it. I mean, listen, I, it sounds like it sounds like you have the answer already. It is. <laughs> You're making a midnight movie. You have a midnight Damn. movie festival in a way, you know, yeah, yeah. in that kind of way. So, you know, it's too bad it doesn't have like a genre. Name. Like we call them genre films. Right. I wish right. there was like a better name. You know, I guess Psychotronic is kind of like an oh, yeah. version of that. You know, yeah, you not know, all. Like, that was a new bit. term to me. I think, um, uh, was it you who introduced me to the term? Anyway, but like, uh, um, yeah, that was a new term to me. Yeah, when, maybe when I was marketing Wash Away, yeah. like I was trying to call it a psycho. I was call I'll call it a psychotronic thriller because uh, I was trying to think of it. And I, you know what? Honestly, because yeah. you know, I'm getting ready to take that film I was talking about, that Romeo's Distress film. I'm, I think I'm just going to put it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put it straight up on YouTube. I'm going to just call it Romeo's Distress, uh, a midnight feature film or a midnight movie, and just see what kind of traffic it does. Because right now. Distribution is so fucked. If you yeah. are, we, it, it's impossible. No, it's, it's, it's like, I know how to yeah. author. I know how to author shit. I can't even author the disc because the software that I oh, need to do it is fucking god, dude. Yet. Like it's it ridiculous. I I have a friend uh, uh, in the UK who has like 
a 10 year old computer that he keeps around because he has a copy yeah. of encore on it because how the fuck else do you yeah exactly like how i have one over there yeah like i i think somebody said i could buy like vegas might have a piece of software that does authoring vegas for 900 dollars or something like that uh, there's no you cannot get you cannot get dvd authoring software for like less than like a hundred dollars or like a hundred dollars like you have to pay like oh, close to a yeah, grand yeah. or even more to get proper authoring software to, and it yeah sucks. it sucks like i'm not trying to make home videos to share with grandma you know i want to make a right. dvd master you know and like because you have disc makers they're taking iso images and everything like yeah 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 send them the fucking image and you can't get the image because you can't can't make an image right oh but there's plenty of fucking houses that will try to sell you the authoring services and the menu building services and the duplication i don't want you to author my disc man yeah exactly not you jeff i mean like these guys (laughs) dude it's i feel like disc authoring and by the way there's definitely a market for that like mm-hmm. to do to be like a boutique disc authoring service that really takes on a project with care like because i got to tell you I, it, it's like that's like personal you know in the same way that like you know like food is a very personal thing like what i like to eat my creature mm-hmm. comforts and stuff i feel like authoring dvd discs is a very personal thing i want yeah. things a certain way like buying a pair of jeans or a pair of shorts or a t-shirt or something like clothing is personal too like we all like the way that our clothing represents us in a certain way. It has to have this kind of pocket. It has to, Mm -hmm. Oh, I like a tight cuff. I like a loose cuff. I like a, this, I like a, that. And it's like, it's like, I can't just give my movie to a, to a, you know, whatever, one of these guys and it's like, all right, smack it together. And then it's done. I mean, I look at some of these, these DVDs that I got, like, especially in the early days, early days of DVDs, I got these DVDs and you pop them in and it's like, Oh, this is DVD template number 37. Oh, this is right. DVD template number 16. You know, like it's just, okay, well, here's your, your six chapter previews and then page next page back six chapter previews. Fuck man. No, like I don't, I want my DVD to look like my movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know what kind of hero we need? We need a hero that's going to do code open source software based on encore. And yeah. Put it out God there. damn. Yeah. Please. Like, please. That, if you're audio, what's the audio program that that's, audition? Uh, the... No, not no, audition. No, no. I use audition. Um, yeah, yeah. There's an open source audio recording software. What's oh, uh, Audacity. 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 Yeah, we need, we need Audacity, Audacity for DVD for authoring. authoring. Yo. That yeah, man. Like, I would. I, a, I would tip I your PayPal jar yeah, if you yeah. did that. <laughs> well, if I had a genie and he was like, "You get three wishes." My first wish would be, "Can I get some, I get some DVD I, open source?" Wait, you yeah. still want a copy? No, no, no. No, I no, want no. Open source. <laughs> I want the open source. Stuff. That's it's because you're an altruist, Jeff. You 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 believe in good yeah. for the humanity. I for mo- most most mostly most of them. <laughs> So now, what's interesting about your project is, I didn't know this. You you were inspired. The stories are inspired loosely by lyrics from the 1998 Neutral Milk Hotel album, the in Airplane the aeroplane over, over the sea. Yeah, yeah. Now I love this because <laughs> in my I'm going to tie it back to myself because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love I always oh, come cool. creatively from a place of music like I listen yeah, to music yeah. and it makes me like inspired in some way, shape or form cinematically. And so mm-hmm. 
I think that's awesome that that happened. What made you, how did that, tell me about that process. What, so, what went down with that? It's, it's, an, um, I don't know how interesting the story is. Uh, the, um, First of all, if, we, if we're talking about the present, when I decided to call it Fat Fleshy Fingers, I was yeah. really kind of squirrely about telling anybody that. Um, and uh, I would say uh, to the filmmakers, I was like, I'm thinking about calling it Fat Fleshy Fingers. I just think it's a funny phrase or whatever. Uh, and it wasn't until a little bit into the process that I started realizing that everybody has a connection to this record and it's wild. Like so many people have strong connections and feelings about this record. Making the film or just in general? Both, both. <laughs> like I was sort of shocked to learn about both. Cause uh, as, as one example, one of the filmmakers, Michael Epstein, uh, he used to be in a band uh, called neutral U hotel where they did ukulele <laughs> covers of neutral milk hotel songs. That's hilarious. And he said like, and this is a, a cover band. All right. So he yeah. said that they would tour and like they'd get 200 people at every show, 200 young people shouting at the top of their lungs, all the lyrics to all the songs off the records, you know? Wow. Uh, so this is, I was sort of surprised to learn that this wasn't just me and a couple of my weird friends back in Augusta, Georgia, who dug this record. But if we go back to 1998, it was a real transitional time for me. Uh, I was, for a long time, I had decided I was a metal guy, you know? I was a guy. Like, Wait, what made you a metal guy, though? What was like? What were your like? Give me some bands that made you the metal guy. What what, what kind of metal were we talking? Well, uh, okay. So when I was twelve, living in Germany, um, there was a. We had a neighbor uh, when we moved out. We moved off base. I, I don't have to get into a whole. Anyway, whatever. I had a neighbor who who introduced me to Megadeth, and I remember okay. at twelve. At twelve, I remember listening to Megadeth, thinking, "Wow." This is the heaviest possible music humans could ever create. This is the uh... and and then the next year I moved up to Belgium and I I started going to school and I had this classmate who showed me Napalm Death and I was like oh oh my bad okay now I get it <laughs> so so at the time okay so at the time 1998 uh, I was probably super into Tool uh, I've always been super into Tool but like um, at the time I was probably also listening to Oh, I, I cringe to say it, uh, but like corn. Um, but I was coming from like, was, oh my God, dude, that dude, I, I just have to say those fucking guys, I don't know if they were always nutbags, but they have gone off the right wing QAnon deep end and uh, they're oh, really? just basically dead to me. Yeah. Like, wow. Uh, and they had a video uh, before 2016 where like Obama was the antichrist, like, in their video it's just i don't know man it's it's done with corn but like it was stuff like that uh, new metal kind of crap and then i started hanging out with some guys some people uh sorry some people who were more well-rounded human beings than i was and just one day somebody played this record for me they played in the airplane over the sea and at the time i was like what is this? This isn't metal. I'm a metal guy. I don't. Listen oh, I to can't that. listen to this because I'm a metal guy. Only but metal. It just me. sort of burrowed its way into my brain, and I just kept wanting to come back to it. You know, uh, it's such a weird record. Like it's it's so hard to categorize. Like it's easy to say, oh, this is a, I don't know, a, 
a folk record, I guess, because of the instrumentation, maybe, or that it's indie, even though indie doesn't actually mean anything, you know? It's like how it used to bug me how they used to call music alternative, like alternative right. to, to, to what? You know, it doesn't, that's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any, but it just sort of wormed its way All into my brain. Is alternative. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. alternative to what the stuff you don't listen to, right? It's the alternative to that. Yeah. Um, but there's so much like it's so dense and so bizarre and like it's so dirty and uh, like there's so much like sexual content in it and uh, the record uh, in the airport. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I. I'm not. I mean, I have thoroughly enjoyed all the Pixies that I've heard, but I have never done a deep dive into their discography. So you should listen to Doolittle. Okay. If you like sex we'll and see. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and since then, like, that kind of stuff has become kind of part and parcel for my listening. Uh, like, you know, it was it was instrumental in me opening up and not being the the right. broy new metal loser anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, um, no more nookie for you? No more. Oh, my God. So uh, a friend of mine, our, our, a mutual friend, Bob Rose, had um, the dude from Eve Good 6. Job. Hey, Bob. <laughs> he had the dude from Eve Six on his podcast recently, and so in our chat, uh, we're always we keep talking about the the Heart in a Blender song. And I confess, yeah. this is a shameful confession. Every time I try to conjure the Heart in a Blender song to my mind, all I get is that line from Nookie. She put my tender heart in a blender, and still I surrendered <laughs> like a chump. Hey, like a chump. Hey. Yeah, I, I can't get the oh, Eve man. Six song in my head. I just it ends up being the fucking Limp Bizkit song, and I'm you very sorry. I actually spoke to the Eve Six guy. Yeah, I had him on his pot on Shrimp Night. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, because, and that's because he had done. That's because the the Eve Six guy is like really like meta about like his yeah. like song and like is always. He's so funny on Twitter, stuff. man. <laughs> He's going up to like like. Hey, Kim Kardashian, did you like the Heart in a Blender song? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. That is really yeah. funny. That is really funny. I, I, the guy who can like doesn't take himself so seriously. Right, like, right, right. Do that. He tweeted I he tweeted like I was literally a virgin when I wrote the Heart in a Blender song. And like everybody now knows. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Hard in a blender, hard <laughs> in a blender. So in any case, you were you were inspired. The, and then, where does the name "Fat Fleshy Fingers" actually come from? Like, what made it's you from? Decide? Well, the uh, I mean, you know, the 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 lyric that particular line comes from a song called "O Comely" on the record, um, and it's just a phrase that, like, from the very first time I heard it, it just stuck in my head because it's one of these, it's depending on how you come at it and maybe this is just me maybe this is just the way my brain works but like depending on how you come at it like it's kind of gross and sexual and weird and yet there's no single word there that communicates those things right there's nothing um if if you fat yeah <laughs> like it's very suggestive in a in a in like a simultaneously juvenile gross and like poetic way it's marketable though i mean if you're yeah. scrolling on a streaming service and you come across fat fleshy fingers you're like okay i gotta see okay i gotta check this out yeah yeah you could sell the shutter that that's something that shutter is gonna pick up because they're gonna be like oh yeah you know like title and a poster fat fleshy fingers sold it. <laughs> or you go to, go to full moon go to full moon. yeah yeah 
Oh, well, man. Don't I, uh, like, fat, fleshy fingers. Let me get a hold of those fat, fleshy fingers. <laughs> I know. Shudder's not a bad – like, uh, Shudder has Kuso. And Kuso, Kuso is a movie – I don't know if you've seen that yet. It's, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is that the really gross movie? I, it is gross, yes. They say it's really gross. I didn't think it was that gross. I watched I mean, something very recently on Shutter. It was like, called like Okikiman or something. It was like yeah. it was like Finnish or Swedish or something. And that makes it's like, sense. The Finns are I, fucking nuts, man. <laughs> Every year I get movies from nuts. the Finns, and they're incredible. I've drunk with them. Like The Finns have come to the festival. Yeah. Uh, and I... I can I, can I tell you a quick side story? Sure. Um, the second year of the festival, we had a couple of Finnish films and two different Finnish films won a Siki, right? And yeah. uh, it, shipping the Siki is a huge pain in the ass, especially to someplace like Finland. So I bet. <laughs> one of the Finns came to the festival because of a neat program right. their government has. But one of the Finns came and he's there. And at the end of the festival, I'm giving him a Siki. And I was like, as a joke, just as a total joke, I was, uh, I was like uh, – Hey, do you know this other Finn? I know you live in Finland. Maybe all you Finns know each other. Can you give him his sickie? And the guy goes, "Oh yeah, we share a studio." And I was like, "Shit, I guess all Finns do know each other." <laughs> so he saved me the he saved me the uh, the the shipping cost to send a second sickie out to. Oh, I have Finland. a recommendation for you on Shutter. You yeah. have watch Der Samurai. Okay. I people have suggested this to me before. I have not watched this yet. You have to watch Der Samurai. And there's another Der movie. They're both German. The other one is super bizarre. I'm trying to remember the name the title. It's about like they live in like a a, a, a bunker and there's like an alien it's super weird. Super friggin' weird. I think I have a crack um, too. I remember the name Der Der Bunker. Der Bunker. Oh yeah. Der Bunker and Der Samurai. And they came out roughly around the same time Completely irrelevant to each other, except that they're both German and they both have "der" in the title. And they it are, means the. <laughs> I know it means the. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, yeah. they're choosing to say "der samurai" and "der bunker." "Der samurai" is really, really bizarre. Perfect example. Yeah. You know that's what I love about Shutter, though, because Shutter, you know, yes, they do horror, but they also have been very cool about adjacent horror. And like, you can't go into the, an expectation with a Shutter film and being like. Oh man, I'm gonna see a horror film. Like right, this right. might be, some, especially like the Shutter originals. Like you have no idea what the hell you're gonna see on there, and right, you just right. kind of gotta go into it and just enjoy it. And um, yeah, I'll like I'll pretty much watch anything. You know, it's like I I, I get I think I have I'm, I have Shutter I because I was early. I have it for three ninety nine a month, like forever. Mm-hmm. But I'm always like, gotta get my three ninety nine a month of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like making get, sure to watch the whole. The fuck? No, stuff. no, no, no! Get out of here. Sorry, oh, that, I, that, that I, he's cat. he's sniffing around the worm. I got the worm yeah, over yeah. here because I wanted to show it to your folks. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about you want to see it? Do you want to see the worm? So the worm, worm. It's a worm or it's a finger. It's a it's a worm. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a parasite. It's a weird sexually transmitted parasite. I uh, I want to say real fast before I show it that it was completely designed and created by my friend Katie Gelhart, who is fucking amazing. Uh, she lives in Germany and um, she's done. She did all the effects for the Jerry Show, all the makeup and stuff for the Jerry Show. Oh boy, she's, she's beautiful. She's amazing. So you, well, let me start. Let me start from the top or from the bottom up, so you can see just how. Oh. My God, this is disgusting. I'm disgusted already. 
Oh my god! I don't, I don't know if my camera's picking up all the veininess of it, but here I, we go. I, I, I see some like tubules. Oh my god! <laughs> mouths, they're so suggestive. This is it is so. I, I can't get my mirroring straight in my head. I don't know which is way to move my firm, head. Or is it like? Does it like wiggle? Yeah, it wiggles. <laughs> it's like got some. Nuts. It's got some give to it. It's got some squishiness. Now, when you first posted little... this on on social media, I thought it was Almer from from brain damage. From brain damage, very, which I had not seen easy. at the time. I have that now seen it. I have seen it now. Yeah, that blows my mind. You have to watch it. It's like going to be your favorite film of all time. I I did watch it. I did watch it. Um, so you did watch it. Did I, you I did. Like it? Since then, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, good, good, good. Yeah, good, good, good. I. Uh... <laughs> I, yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um, I don't what know. What were you expecting? What were you expecting? I was not. I, I guess what I wasn't expecting was commentary, like like statements. You know, it's like the same thing with Chud. When I uh, I had the same expectations going to both uh, Brain Damage and Chud, yeah, Chud that it was just going to be. Commentary. It does. It has a lot. It has got a lot of class stuff. Michael uh, is. Uh, sort of bitter about Michael and Sophia are kind of bitter about Chud because no person, no actor ever appears on screen with the monsters because they were cheap, you know, but that's, uh, that doesn't bother me too much. Wait a minute, but, wait, a minute wait a minute. The, because they were cheap. Yeah. Cause they, well, they, uh, I assume it's a, it's like a, um, uh, a thing to reduce on takes and stuff like that, you know, like, all the effects oh, shot are done afterwards, maybe yeah. in sound stages oh, and stuff. Wow. You know? So I never even saw. I never. Wow! I gotta watch it like that. I never. Uh, I never that. thought of it about it like that. I love the monsters in Chud, though. Oh awesome. yeah, no, I thought it was great. Uh, but it, same thing with same thing with uh, brain damages. I expected in both cases to have just kind of a fun, uh, superficial creature movie gotcha. like a like gotcha. a and and i didn't get that in both in both cases there was you know it's a little lighter in brain damage but there was some there was some like uh, addiction stuff in there uh, that was that was pretty uh uh, right. Interesting I mean, to think I, about. That's kind of on the, that was kind of on the nose, I would say. That yeah. There's, there's like an actual eco, there's like an eco thing with like, yeah. you know, the, and then the homeless people living under oh, the. Oh, and Chud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. you could remake Chud today. It would be so good. No, maybe it wouldn't be, actually. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on maybe who you put in charge, right? <laughs> uh oh. I think we have to remake Chud right now. After we right, right. Oh, now. boy. Yep. That's how we're going to end this. We're, <laughs> we're going to remaking Chud. It's not, we're remaking, guys, this is what we do. When 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 Stephen and I get together, we, re, we remake movies. By the way, I have to tell you, after we had that conversation about society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had Brian Yuzna on the show. The interview was not aired yet. Oh, wow. And it was, oh, it was, but not, spoke to him for three hours. Nice. Like, just, like, phenomenal. But the thing that I kept holding on my tongue was I still wanted hey, we to tell your him. Movie. <laughs> I wanted to pitch him what we were talking about with society. And I just was like, don't do it. Just <laughs> don't do it. He did tell me the plot. You'll see it in the thing. He, he has an idea for society, too. And it's oh, yeah. fucked up. Woo! It's, it's good. It's a good one. It's a good one. I'd be um, a friend. Yeah. I was holding my tongue the whole time because I just want to be like me, me and my friend, when my guy, my friends be like, we, 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 we,
was, that was, that was, a, that was so nervous, dude. Yeah. I was like, I had to. He, he was like, okay, so, so where are you from? How are you? I was like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah hi, a little. Hi. Uh, I I'd be afraid because, like I told you, that's that's my uh, my like if if they're giving remakes out to people who really don't deserve to be at the head of feature remakes i'll take the one for society you know that's the one that's oh my, my but yeah God. that's my remake oh my if i could God. get <laughs> i clipped it i clipped it yeah. so it got, guys you got to go search for it but we it'll 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 pop up eventually i'll drop it soon where we remade society by <laughs> way of ready what was it what's the ready uh the hide and seek movie not hide and seek um Oh. It just came out. They're doing Scream. The, 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 oh, the, 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 the ready or not? Ready was ready it ready or, or not? not? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was, or at least that was my. That was your. Yeah, that was yeah. my personal. You you went from a completely different side of it, but that was my yeah. that was my idea. But we're gonna do Chud in a minute. Let's keep talking about fat fleshy fingers. I'm gonna go. Let's go to the Kickstarter campaign. Keep talking to me about it. Yeah, Tell yeah. What happened or something or whatever about about fat fleshy fingers? Oh, right. so oh, it's like it's tricky. Uh, there were a couple things I wanted to do. Um, the first thing I decided right off the bat was that I wanted, I, I didn't want to direct anything myself, you know, uh, the so whole, you're not, you're not directing anything. I'm not directing a segment. No, um, I'm not directing producing and writing and yada, yada, yada. Well, uh, I'm le- okay. So here's what I've done is I decided what I wanted to do was I wanted to make a movie that was a going to showcase the true spirit of the festival. Right. Okay. So I picked, uh, I, I made a short list of filmmakers I thought who, uh, whose work really, really embodies all the different aspects of the Sick and Wrong Film Festival. And my short list was huge. You know, I had tons of people I would have loved to invite into the, into the camp, into the, uh, into the movie, but like, you know, I didn't want it to turn into, you know, I didn't want it to be, I don't want to limit everybody to, to, to two minutes right. for their segment or something or right, turn it right, into a right. four hour monstrosity. Hey, there's me <laughs> sitting in front of my bookshelf right now. <laughs> um, so that was one thing is I, 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 I wanted it to showcase the festival and that led me to, to deciding that I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, direct any segment myself because I really wanted to lift up the filmmakers that I've had at the festival. So I made my list and I started reaching out to the people and that was fucking tough, man. Trying to decide who I should ask, you know, I had my, uh, my, my list of folks I desperately wanted and I reached out to a bunch of people and not everybody could say yes. Uh, and some people said yes and had to back out later. Uh, Oh, that is frustrating. It is. I I don't listen. I don't blame them. Like one person, I I won't name them. I, I have zero hard feelings because this person, for instance, had, um, like they'd sign, they'd said yes, and they they'd signed their paperwork and stuff. They said yes, and then they got a grant for a project that they had pitched to a bunch of organizations like a year before. So the rest yeah, of their yeah. year, yeah. you can I I would never I would never begrudge them that. It's like it's your project, man. Go I I I wish you all the best. You know, of uh, other people felt like um, they didn't have the. This isn't going to be a a lockdown movie, but uh, some people felt like maybe they didn't have enough resources or something available to them to make uh, a, right. a, seg- a proper segment. And I tried, right. you know, I'm not, I don't, what I don't want is to twist anybody's arm into being in this, you know, I want them to be enthusiastic partners in it. So anyway, in the end, I got, we're looking at 
eight segments plus the interstitials connecting all the segments together. So, so how long is each? How long is each segment? We're shooting for between. Um, I, I guess the range is going to be about like five to twelve minutes that in each sense. for each segment. Um, and then maybe half a minute to 45 seconds for the interstitials. But then there's, you know, the the credits. Uh, the interstitials are going to be animated. This is somebody I've introduced. Uh, I've, I've spilled the beans on most of the filmmakers at this point. Um, uh, the interstitials are going to be created by Gurleen Rye and uh, Anthony Shepard, who did the credits, the credit sequence for that project that you and I... Uh, Oh wow! That so oh, you saw man, that that was a gr- yeah great great get then it's yeah. gonna be oh, yeah. and and you can you basically you know I didn't even think about this too it's like it's like boom like it's like you could four wall it at your own festival and like premiere it like it's your fucking sticking wrong movie you know That's, what I mean? it's so this is something I've actually been struggling with and I'm not decided yet I guess I still have till December well I mean the movie's probably not even gonna be done by December but like um, it's something I'm sort of struggling with because. It is, from the very beginning, it's always been, in my mind, sick and wrong. Like, it's it's supposed to be sick and wrong. It's supposed to embody right. everything that sick and wrong is all about. Um, and so it would seem natural to show it at the festival. But then I have never shown any of my own movies at the festival. Uh, I don't, I feel really squirrely about that. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. You didn't, that direct, feels a good. Sequ- you didn't direct a segment. What I'm thinking is that I will try to do, and this is just a preliminary plan. What I'm thinking is I will try to do a separate screening event that is not part of the festival proper, but is presented by the festival. You know, a special screening for the movie is what I'm thinking. I don't know, though. I'm still kicking around ideas. It It just feels a little bit weird to take something, you know, Produced I by have Steven a really Stone. good idea for you. Yeah. I have a, I have a good idea, but I'll pitch it to you off. I have a great okay. Idea. You don't want me to. to... Actually, it's a really. I think it's a really obvious idea. But what, what I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you my idea off screen. I wouldn't want to say it publicly, but I, I think. I mean, there, there's a. I think there's a, a, a variation of of my initial question that okay. like makes a lot of logical sense. But it you know it's it requires the cooperation of others. But whatever, I'll, I'll I'll talk. I'll ask. I'll 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 pick your brain about it off screen. That sounds good. Um, so you got a bunch of <laughs> perks here. We got all our perks. I mean, guys, go take a look at all the perks. You know, it's your perks. I, Listen, at the end of the day, you can support indie. I would say support indie horror, but it's not horror. It's just support <laughs> indie indie movies. movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got a I got a challenge for you. Oh, I love challenges. <laughs> um, so. The name Sick and Wrong has sort of haunted me ever since I created it because of how much people tend to just think it means horror and how much trouble I've had explaining to people. But at this point, six years into the festival, I'm sort of like... stop. You're not going to rebrand, are you? I am not. I am not. But my challenge is, if I were... What would would your vote for the the name of the festival to be? <laughs> oh my god! I can't. You didn't really it's, put me on the spot. I know you don't. Have, don't worry about it. I just. <laughs> but I, I will privately message you at some point and bother the shit out of you with like a thousand like a proposals. Thousand yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. I, I will. I will take that challenge later. I can't. If, if something comes to mind, I think. Then... It, okay, so 
when I talk about rebranding, I am like yeah. 93% certain I'm not going to. Right? right. There is a tiny window that makes that, 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 uh, kind of hovers there in the background. And I think I know what I would call it if I were going to do that. But, uh, um, I, but I'm it like, it doesn't have to be a rebranding. It could just be like, you could just change the name, just change the name. The yeah. Yeah. And still do this. Best. Yeah. I wouldn't change the format. Make, yeah. You can, yeah, no, you can keep everything the same. Just change. Like, you know what happened to me? I was, I was video business media for a long time and it was mm -hmm. a really stupid idea because video business media is really based on this logo. Chris will, Chris will understand this in the comments because Chris and I are misfit fans. It's based on horror business. Video uh, business. Okay. I got to do video business instead of horror business. Right. But when you write video business on paper, very it plainly, it yeah, yeah. like looks like video business. But when you put it, see, as you can see, Jeff from us, it's the same thing. Yeah. 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 It, you go, Oh yeah. It makes oh, sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Oh, but you know what? Um, it, you know, for a lot of reasons, some of which I can't discuss publicly on the air, um, I was like, it's time to rebrand. And I was always trying to think of a name, like, what could I be? What is my brand? Who am I? Blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I, it ultimately came back to this. It ultimately came back to, you know, growing up when I would sit, you know, I, I know you share in this joy uh, by the way, to answer your question, Chris, I think they're shooting all over. It's, oh it's yeah, um, place everywhere. Go ahead. Why don't you take that question real quick? Or oh, okay. So the the filmmakers are in lots of different places. Um, the ones I have introduced already to the world, uh, one is up near Boston. Uh, actually, two are up, up near Boston. One's in L.A. Uh, two of them are actually in New Orleans, and like. I guess don't know go. each other, which is interesting. <laughs> um, one of the ones I haven't, there's somebody, uh, let's see, I don't want to, a couple of the filmmakers I haven't, I haven't introduced to the world yet. Uh, one, another one's in LA, one's in Minnesota, and then we have one in Finland. Oh, um, one of the Finns. Oh my one of the Finns. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. So they're going to yeah, shoot in their own places and then I'm going to collect the uh the segments and then Gurleen and anthony are going to go to town um uh creating the interstitials to connect everything i just want to give a quick shout out to yeet bitch yeet this guy's so funny he's always like have no fear the yeet is here like that. <laughs> he's he's awesome yeet, What's so up, you, yeet? you never yeet yeet then I don't know. I just he came into the chat. <laughs> awesome he's been here ever since. Every every Wednesday, he's here. You know, from time to time, he's always like, "What's up? Have no fear. The Yeet is here." And I'm just like, "What's up, Yeet?" So nice to meet you, Yeet, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to get back to what I was saying, the yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. The, no, 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 no. It's cool. This is this is your this is your spotlight. I, I I'm you know what? This is my advice to you this is me answering your question by relating it through my own personal yeah. experience in that growing up and i know you relate to this where you just want to show people the movies that you love and you, yeah. you're not even watching the movie you're watching the people watch the movie yeah, you're yeah watching the people watch the movie and vicariously living through them experiencing it the first time and enjoying it and watching them react to all the parts and like and it's like it's the personal thing because you're showing them you're showing them a piece of you yeah you know? yeah and yeah,
it's a very important thing. And so for me, you know, when I'd sit everybody down and watch Meet the Feebles or the Toxic Avenger or whatever, they'd always call it, oh, those Frummus films. <laughs> Frummus movie. All the kids in my that I grew up with, they don't they call it they laugh at me and they call you know, it's a Frummus movie, a Frummus film, you know. And I realized it's just like I you know, I'm Frummus, man. That's who I am. That's <laughs> yeah, my last yeah, name. Yeah. You know, in punk rock, you said you come from the metal world. In the punk rock world, you friggin take your band name and you make it your surname so there's like tons yeah, of yeah the ramones were like not right, exactly. yeah, yeah. that's probably the most yeah. famous example where you take on the last name of your band you know uh someone who i talk a lot about on here danzig glenn danzig. Danzig. yeah 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 you take the surname of the thing and i was like well look i'm jeff frummis and i'm and this is frummis and that's it and it's from us. And so maybe you need to figure out that energy for you that makes sense for sick and wrong. And that's what I'll, that's what I meant by that story. Yeah. So. No, no, that's that's a and, and don't ever like um, I guess this is something that. Uh, 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 oh, Bob. Bob's the best. Bob has you, a Bob. special deal going on. Uh, if somebody <laughs> this is ridiculous, like I have a legit special deal going on right now that I want to share with people. Uh, Go ahead, please. I don't know what. Okay, so the legit special deal, and I can't believe I, I'm using Bob's ass to get to this point. But the legit special deal is that right now there's an anonymous backer who has pledged to throw in. They're doing a pledge match. They have pledged to throw in an extra two grand, but first we have to hit eight thousand dollars by Friday. We're not far. We're not far. It's like thirteen hundred away. Last time I looked, from us, from Did you guys us. Hear that? Yeah, if we can hit eight thousand dollars. By Friday at 6 Eastern, an anonymous backer will throw in an extra $2,000, bringing us up to ten grand, which That's is, it's, yeah, it's incredible. I just, I just got to get the word out. I really hope, I truly do hope that it happens. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. I'm really excited about this. I, uh, the, this whole project all of sick and wrong. I, I don't want to. Let, let me start at the micro level, and maybe I'll go out to macro if it doesn't sound too magnanimous. But this project is fueled by my love, my adoration for the filmmakers who have come to sick and wrong. Everybody right. in this project has made a movie, at least one, that set my heart on fire, and that's what I'm most excited about is to get them out there i want to i want to i want to kind of turn sick and wrong sick and wrong is very receptive like we we get movies every year i'm i'm up to my eyeballs and submissions right now actually what i want this thing to be is for me to say let's take these beautiful people i have found and turn them around and show them back out to the world and say look guys these are the ones this is what we're all about this is and i and i want this to i really want to share them with you guys i want to share them with the world uh, i mean I don't know how kind of douchey that sounds. <laughs> no, I don't think it's douchey at all. And I think it's like, look, again, like much like, you know, our, our friends over at Genre Blast, mm -hmm. I, I think this is like a really cool, this is like, I mean, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing at the indie level, it's like, it's like festivals becoming micro studios and putting out their own film brands yeah yeah their own stuff and it's like the coolest thing ever like seriously like i was stoked 
I was stoked when you did yours. I was stoked when Nate and, and his genre blast team did theirs. Yeah, and yeah. to me, it embodies the spirit of how I try to make feature length films by just sort of, you know, just wanting to put out my own flavor into the world. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like not not trying to tell, you know, as Bob was saying, from us, you know, it's like this is from me that's to okay. you, my story, <laughs> whatever. <the> story. <laughs> um, but I think that's really I think that's really cool. And I think it's like uh, a natural sort of um it's like a natural step for like, you know, you start, you established your taste in a festival and now you're creating original content. And like, it's something that's like also renewable, you know, like it's a great experiment. I mean, look what you did, you know, guys, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, last December, uh, uh, friggin' Steve decided to do a 72 hour, uh, filmmaking debacle film challenge yeah yeah film, film challenge debacle and oh you know, yeah sweet and we, we 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 threw our hat into the ring and we made a eight minute short in 70 in 71 hours Ooh. and i gotta tell you man it was, was delightful it, man dude, i mean was, watching it thing was right the whole, but so the whole thing was delightful the evite is is delightful and i know you love doing like watch along i love, I love that stuff, stuff. man you love doing that. You know, it's funny. It. I was talking with Nate. I, I, you know, one of the things I want to do for this channel is I want to figure out how to do commentaries for films on. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to do this without I'm getting just... like in trouble. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it could just literally just be talking heads watching the movie, but it needs to be, I feel like it needs to be like, why can't I just have the movie in the tiniest little fucking unenjoyable part of the screen? <laughs> you know, we're adding content to it. It's not like pirating no. in the sense, you know, but like, I don't know. It's like, it's really hard to do something like that. I'm trying to figure out what the best way to approach that would be. Because yeah. I think that something that like the people that watch my channel would really love doing that you know? yeah i don't know why I, we're talking about this i don't know how i got on the subject but <laughs> i mean it's fine like it's something i've been thinking about too i would love to do it i i think that like oh, the debacle the debacle, the debacle yes the debacle right, the watch alongs right. yeah yeah yes yes that's what we started talking about it sorry <laughs> so sorry and if you're interested jeff there's yes. gonna be another debacle this year too dude i'm fucking i'm already there i taught i told matt my my boys and and chris we're we're, we're there hell yes we're bringing the team back tristan we're all gonna do it we're, you guys are amazing so much 100 there anything that i can do to support and help uh the, the debacle i really and you know the best part was it was like it, it was like we all like watched each other's films and that's like the best part about like this film yeah. festival stuff the best part about film festival stuff is when and it's the same thing for a top secret project that i can't talk about that steven knows about and that bob in the comments knows about because we could all be sued at any moment if we <laughs> talk too much if about it, michael it. listens to this yeah, fucking michael fucking michael um, but, but you know what the best part about that and the debacle was it was just like it was like we all had the idea we all went home and did our homework and then we all watched how everybody else did their homework and you know, if you come from a place like without like if you're coming from a place that's like not competitive in like a in a, in a negative way, then mm -hmm. like it's the great it's like it's like ambrosia. It's like yeah. it's like the highest high where you just <laughs> it, it's, where you just um like make uh, like you just <laughs> you just make um 
uh, you make something and then you watch everybody else, yeah. everybody else go, oh, that was a great idea. You get so inspired it's and you so, get so yeah. high watching how everybody oh did their God. thing. It's I, like the best feeling, dude. The oh, best. God. that Just talking about it gets me stoked, you know? I was, like, my serotonin bottomed out for, like, a week after the debacle was over. Just because I was so high the whole time it was going on. Just, and you learn. You uh, learn yeah. so much. You're, like, you're watching and you're just, like, if you have a thirst, if you're trying to be a better filmmaker all the time, you're watching this stuff and you're going, oh, my God, great. Idea. Oh, my God. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, oh, that. Oh, blah, 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 blah. There's a Salisbury steak in the freezer. <laughs> Never oh, forget that line. Yes. Yeah. Never forget that line as long as I live. It's the greatest line. He's doing like a channeling Rocky Horror. No, he's channeling Dr. Frank. Right, right, right. right. There's a Salisbury steak in the freezer. <laughs> what a, like, oh, that guy. Great character. Uh, just the, character. the, the, the. Yeah, no, so much fun. It was, it was so, it was, it was a blast. I, I loved it, and a lot of these things came from, um, like, especially the thing that you and I worked on that we keep dancing around, and I should shut the fuck up about it. But like, right. a, a lot of these things came from a place of lockdown frustration, and I really right. want to kind of hold on to that energy going forward. You know, I want to be able to grasp that again. That's why yeah. when I do the debacle again this year, even though. I'm like 90% sure the festival is going to be live. The debacle is still going to be online and it's still going to be available to everybody. Everywhere. Oh my God. That is so like, that is serious. I can't even tell you how much that is the move. First of all, it's definitely more cost friendly. And second yeah. of all, <laughs> like it's just, that makes it instantaneously inclusive. And I'll tell you something, Steven, you could build this. This is something that will build like keep yeah. it like, like again, if like if it's a splash this year or a bigger mm -hmm. splash than it was last year, that is something that will build and build and build. I really think, I really, really, really think that it will. What's going on, Paul? I'm sorry you didn't get your notification, but it's good to see you, buddy. Paul is Paul. Paul is working in the factory probably and, mm. and just listening to us live. Well, you didn't see my thumbs up then. I, I gave you a thumbs up, Paul. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad you're doing that. Really, really, truly. Uh, so much fun, back. man. I mean, it's draining. So Everything's draining, but like, that's a good draining. It's not like, you know, yes. when <laughs> Bob's funny, when I come home from work on a Friday, uh, I feel drained, but like, I also don't feel like I've accomplished anything. It feels like, a, a, a I didn't earn being that tired, but when the debacle was over, I felt like a, 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 a boneless flob of skin on the ground, but I felt like I fucking earned it, you know, like it was right. good. It was a good right. way to get drained out. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. Actually, I can't explain why I feel that way, but I'm exhausted. I didn't get any sleep last night. I was never give up. Super fucking late. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm not gonna say anything until there's something to talk about. But let's just say that I'm exhausted, and it's the greatest exhaustion in <laughs> the fucking world. And I feel so alive. So right stoked now. to hear. I don't even know. I like. I, I'm. I'm pretending. Like I'm acting all coy. I really have no idea what he's talking yeah, about. No, no but I still. I still really love to hear it. it. I still just love to I'm hear kidding. it. You'll, you'll, oh, everybody will find out. Everybody <laughs> will find out. There's a whole story. But you know what? I am just decided that. I, I decided that I learned a very valuable lesson, and that I'm going to just. I'm going to speak with my actions, not with my words. And I'm in the middle of doing it right now. And I'll tell you. There's no finer feeling when you're like 
you know, it's funny too, when you're like in that creative mode, like every, all the noise, all the noise gets toned down. Of course, Mark, you can be invited to the debacle. Of course, 100%. man. 100%, Dude, it's an yes. all-inclusive event. Anybody can can join up. Go follow. The link is in this description. Go follow uh, uh, the Sick and Wrong Sick Film and Festival yeah. so that we can stay abreast of Fat Fleshy Fingers as well as um, the debacle. Because look, For, look what uh, happens. Look, you get this pin. Look at this pin. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that only was only, complete. only if you complete. Only the people who completed movies got those pins. Nobody else has gotten those pins. Uh, you don't understand. I never fought in any wars, okay? <laughs> and God willing, I hope I never do knock on wood. But this to me, you know, filmmaking is its own war, as any filmmaker will tell you. For sure. This feels like a purple heart. <laughs> Sorry, that was inappropriate and wrong. I should not say that. I don't want to take away from no, sure. real purple hearts in any way or form. I take back that comment. My point is, is that it feels like a medal from a filmmaking war that goes sure. on my lapel. That's what I really want. That's right next to my my bloody <laughs> awesome that's from uh legion legion m legion m i was promoting yeah. the screening and they gave me tons of these tons no of wow <laughs> yeah and i like i like kept a whole bunch and i just love nicholas cage covered in blood like <laughs> enamel pin i mean just like the greatest thing ever invented just nicholas cage's face covered in blood it's just what you need in your life at all times for those of you who did don't you, know nicholas cage is my favorite actor did you see Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Um, shit. It's, it's no, a, not yet. Not yeah, yet. I I saw it at a like a midnight screening at the Florida Film Festival. Uh, it's a Cyan Sono movie starring Nicolas Cage. Um, okay, I need to see that. It's. Uh, I will be honest. I wish it moved a little faster. I'll say that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Is this the one where like, he, uh, there's like a dead daughter or some shit? There's a daughter. Does he set himself on fire at the end? No. Wait, okay, isn't that Drive Angry? Was that Drive Angry? No. no, okay. No, in Drive Angry, he drinks whiskey from a skull. <laughs> wow. I love Nicolas Cage, bro. He's got a new movie. I'll tell you, I'm a little mad because I had an idea for a truffle pig. I had a truffle pig idea where the truffle pig was the MacGuffin. They, yeah. steal, they steal a valuable truffle pig that can find the most valuable truffles i swear to god i had that idea in my in my bank where i email myself good ideas yeah yeah bank. um and as soon as i heard that they were making a movie about a truffle pig is that what I pig is like, about that's what yeah that's what that is about, okay. about truffle pig, and it gets kidnapped and nicholas cage has to get revenge and i was like i was like so you bastards no, no i was like i was like you bastards oh you're Here's all my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if anybody's going to do it, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm on a quest to see every Nicolas Cage film ever made, uh, and I'm in no rush. Yeah, I'm yeah. You can no take rush. your time. <laughs> but I watch all of them. All, every bad direct-to-video, I can tell you, I have watched them all. And I'll tell you something. If you actually can sit through some of these travesties, you are rewarded with treasures. <laughs> like, just, like, just the best... And you know what's sad? It's like a, it's like an, it's like a group activity. It's like something you want to do with other people. Yeah. But yeah. like nobody wants to watch direct to video Nicholas Cage films. <laughs> so you just gotta I, do it by yourself. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but I wanna I wanna do a I wanna do a screening a watch party for uh, Left Behind. 
You know, I haven't seen it either. And I always, I only came to one of your watch parties. I always oh, yeah. to go and it's just it's always right. at the most inconvenient time. Although one time I did come in for one of those like Beastmaster, Beastmaster 2 or something. <laughs> Deathstalker 2, yeah. That's, yeah, one of those. One of <laughs> that those. was a blast. Fucking. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my oh. God. On air. <laughs> Stop it, Bob. Stop it. Stop it. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> Nick Cage. Nick Cage style. Style. Kiss. <laughs> Chef motherfucking kiss. Listen, for those of you out there who really want to hear some good Nick Cage, I was on a podcast called the Pitch It Movie Podcast. Shout out to Sean and Pete and Will. And what they do is we, we pitch a movie to uh we pitch a movie that we make up on the spot and it was at the height of fire fire fest debacle that had happened right right and so we made a we we did a we pitched fire island but spelled f-y-r-e <laughs> written by nicholas cage directed by werner herzog and starring <laughs> nicholas cage and it's oh no yeah uh direct no Directed by Warner Herzog, written by Stephen King, starring okay. Nicholas Cage. Fire Island. Baby. Listen, I, I, I want to make it clear: I would never, ever, 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 ever wish somebody in recovery to 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 slip out of it. Uh, but right. I wish I could teleport a movie from cokehead Stephen King's past into the future. You know, like bring something, oh bring a script God. from that. Yeah, yeah, and and have it now. Have him work with Nicolas Cage. I think it would just be. Yeah, yeah. It would just work so well. By the way, Chris is suggesting you need to make rubbery, rubbery fleshy pins. Chris. Good idea. Chris. I can't say anything. Oh. Can't say anything. <laughs> but thank just you for saying that. that. Tara Nicolas Cage's bloody face. <laughs> you forget all. All this to be forgotten. I think, hey, 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 we listen, let's, let's, we got to wind this down. Actually, okay. I did not think color out of space was that hard, Mark. I'll be honest with you. I, I had, I had high hopes going in. And you know what? As it turns out, Richard Stanley's a piece of shit anyway. And now I feel. <laughs> perfectly comfortable saying that I didn't think color out of space. I, you know, I kept my, 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 my thoughts to myself cause I don't believe in tearing movies down. Most certainly not, but I was not, I was very underwhelmed by color out of space. That's all I'm going to say. And Richard Stanley's a piece of shit. I, yeah, yeah. Richard Stanley is definitely a piece of shit. Uh, I did not know before I watched color out of space. Um, I watched color out of space and I liked it, but I will say that it it was no Mandy for sure. Like there's never like Panos Cosmatos and Nicolas Cage together created something. Oh fuck! You're a Mandy guy. You're I Mandy love guy? Mandy. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I am such like I literally I can I literally like have I I can obsessively watch Mandy over and over again. And I know it was like at the height of like it was super in vogue to be like into like the Rage Cage side of Nicolas Cage at that moment. I, but like. Oh, that movie is. I'll just... tell you. I I apologize if I've already told you this, Jeff. Um, uh, around the time that Mandy came out, uh, they planned a single midnight screening here in Orlando, and yeah. I had a bunch of friends who were all excited. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna go do Rage. We're gonna do Cage. We're gonna go watch this new Cage movie." And I'm like, "Okay, right. I, li- I like Nicolas Cage. I'm into Nicolas Cage. I'm not fine." Uh, and right. then 
one day I like or coming up to the event, I Googled it and uh, realized, holy fuck, this is Panos Cosmatos. Why didn't you guys tell me this was a Panos Cosmatos movie? Because yeah. I was a nut. Black I, I loved Beyond Black Rainbow so much. Never so, finished it. I've really? Four times, four times. You're not the only person who said that to me. Four times I've tried to finish. I can't get through I loved it. it. I loved it so much. But as soon as I found out, like to them, to everybody else, Mandy was a Nick Cage movie. But to me, it was a Panos Cosmatos movie. So I went knowing that because I, I will tell anybody who hasn't seen it, Beyond the Black Rainbow is paced like a fucking glacier melting. Like it is slow. Oh, my God. It is plotting, and I, I'm, so, I'm a so sucker for that shit. <laughs> I'm a oh sucker for that. I so, go. I fell asleep every time. Yeah. I couldn't get oh, that I'm kills sorry, me. Panos, Panos, I love Mandy, but I could not. I love so, Mandy. I could not I, it. I went to see Mandy with a bunch of my friends, and they were all nuts over the big cage scenes, right? There's a couple of really big cage scenes in there, but then there's the rest of the movie is very, very Panos. It's very kind of steady and like that shot like the speech by the leader yeah jeremiah sands yeah that scene right there uh you know i could tell that the people that i went there with who were so excited about seeing nick cage go nuts they were sort of tuning out right there you know but me i was just fucking transfixed uh i was that whole i movie. was captivated the whole time Can I tell time. you my theory yeah. please hear my theory i do, do want to hear my theory oh my god Here's my theory. By the way, for anybody who else like who likes Mandy, I interviewed the the Cheddar Goblin on oh, the yeah. channel. You can <laughs> watch that. I spoke to Cheddar Goblin about what it was like working with Nicolas Cage. No, I really did. I swear. No, no, I, I, uh, I did a two hour deep dive about Mandy. But I'm going to tell you about my favorite theory. By the way, perfect double feature, Bob. This is for you too, Bob. In the comments, Bob Rose, guys, the best double screening feature with Mandy with uh, Mandy. Fucking legend by Wrigley Scott. Okay. Thematically, I see it. Fucking perfect. I see it. Fucking perfect. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And here is my theory. Here is my theory about Mandy. Ready? Mandy in Mandy is not actually dead. Okay. The entire movie, and I know it sounds like such a cliche cop out, but I'll tell you why it works. The entire movie is Mandy's happily ever after super bored revenge fantasy. She is living out her happily ever after with Nick Cage. Everything is okay. Yeah. yeah. And she imagines what happens if she were to die. Yeah. yeah. And how much Nicolas Cage loves her read and how he would go after the people that kill her <laughs> and here's why i believe this and the, the the fantasy takes off the fantasy takes off when she reads her paperback her pulp paperback and she invokes the world that she's reading about in the book yeah because yeah. at the end of the movie spoilers if you haven't seen mandy at the end go watch it of mother Motherfucking <laughs> theatrical cut, motherfucker. I don't fuck around with that director's bullshit. I want the fucking happy ending with Tangerine Dream. <laughs> I love that Bob asked that question. My Bob, Bob is my spirit animal. <laughs> so, so check this out. Ready? When the third moon, when she's re- talking about the third moon, 
suddenly we are transported into her fairy tale revenge fantasy because she is bored of her happily ever after. A lot of people complained that that Mandy had no plot. They just were not fucking looking. It's loaded, loaded to the gills with plot. Fucking Red is a recovering alcoholic who fucking relapses hard when Mandy dies. Yeah. Notice that he, he doesn't take a drink when he's offered a beer as he's getting into the helicopter at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then finds the stashed vodka bottle and just starts chugging it once Mandy, because that's what Mandy imagines that he would do, mm-hmm. that he would just cartoonishly down, chug yeah. vodka and start screaming. And then we, we, we realize that he is a man capable of great violence when he goes to retrieve the hunter, his crossbow, right? Right, right. But here's how we know she's not really dead. Because at the end of the movie, when he's driving away and he's imagining about the first time that they met, yeah, he's yeah. never even said it's just implied so brilliantly. This movie does not tell you shit. It shows you. It's all show, yeah. You to, it's all show, no tell. Brilliant screenwriting. At the very end of the movie, you see the three fucking moons as he's driving away. This is Mandy's fantasy. And at the very end of the credits, you see a picture of Red as a tiger. Or like Red and the tiger (laughs) on her drawing board. This Mandy has has drawn... She as she's drawing this picture of Red and the tiger, she imagines what would happen if she was killed by this cult yeah, and what red would do to fucking, you know, get his revenge. Yeah. I mean, it sounds possible that's, to me. I, I will, uh, I'll and keep I'm that in theory. mind next time I watch it. Uh, I, I, I want to say, I want to say two things real fast. Uh, yeah, go ahead. The bathroom scene, the vodka scene. Yes. My heart was fucking breaking. And then the dudes I went to the, see the movie with all started laughing. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? What is like, because again, you know, we came in in very different mind spaces. They were there to see Nick Cage go crazy. And I was there right. to see a Panos Cosmatos movie. So like that scene where he's losing it in the bathroom and chugging the vodka, I just, it hurt. Like I was dying and it just, it's just so threw me out of my moment to hear these guys just cackling with glee. But anyway, it doesn't matter. This is me being old and grumpy um i'm not curmudgeon i i i don't i i don't want to pressure you uh, i'm not going to be that guy you tried four times you did your you did your due diligence i was just curious whether eventually i'll any, get to it i mean were any of those four times after you had seen mandy i'm just curious um yes oh really okay two of them were after i had seen hey. mandy i went back and i said i have to get through this movie because alone. because mandy was so fucking brilliant i no. knew it was going to be brilliant i knew it was going to be brilliant in the trailer you know i don't watch movies twice in the theater i rarely ever do that i went back a second time for Mandy. Yeah. i don't know what it was about that movie and like i said it's one of those movies i could just turn on there's so and there's just so much going on. like for instance it's so dense her scar like yeah. never the unexplained just, scar on her face. It's just there. Clearly, she it like has everything to do with her past and that she came from some sort of abuse and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And now she's with Red and they live in the woods and everything's great. And it's so interesting because it takes place in 1983. And so that makes you think that like Red, Red is probably born in the 40s, which is really <laughs> weird. That really Wow. Weird. Yeah. So 
man God, i don't know man stupid. now i want to watch it like it's it's 10 o'clock at yeah, night i don't, don't want to watch it right now it's, <laughs> it's, it, it really is it's a phenomenal film and, and and it got caught up you know first it was like yeah rage cage and then it was like yeah. oh you're just liking it because like you, you just like it because like whatever it's not even like a movie or like, there's no plot blah, blah, blah. i was like no nah, man just not you just don't get it you're man. just not paying you attention yeah you're not so paying good. attention to the stuff that's going on here and um you know, even just down to like the, the cult and there's the horn of Abraxas, which I guess I didn't know this is like a Bible thing that yeah, I didn't yeah. know about. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I mean, Cage doesn't even really say that much. He's super, no. you know, he's super sparse, man. He's super sparse. They, Listen, yes. yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. What were you no, saying? no, I was just going to complain about how the trailers, just like trailers for everything, they kind of, they kind of uh, cherry pick all the moments, you know, like they cherry picked that moment of, of cage going crazy evil. And like, that's not, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's just not Actually, that was the tenor. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not the so tenor of the movie. Point. It's not right, the, right. yeah, it's, but it's, it shows up in the chat. Yeah. Why did he have to say that? Why did he even have to yeah. say crazy evil? Why couldn't he have just said like, he didn't, he didn't even have to say Jesus freaks. He could have just said like, he could have actually just said crazy evil and nothing more. And then like just he, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't have to like hammer it all out. Yeah. So much shit. Like, you know, that was the one part of the movie that I actually do not like. Yeah. You know? And Bob says it best here. He says, Nick Cage is legitimately a great actor. I said it. I have been championing this from the rooftops. Anybody, Chris Etheridge, always, anytime there's some Nick Cage news, he always sends it to me because he knows <laughs> that I truly believe. This is my credo. There is no such thing as a bad Nicolas Cage performance. It's it, Nicolas Cage is like tofu. He's going <laughs> to taste like whatever you season him with. Yeah. That is my, that I coined That's that. That's a good, yeah. It's true. What, you nice, pair man. him up with the right director and you're going to get the best cage ever. If you pair oh, him up with a weak director, you, what you're going to get is you're going to get a cage that's trying to do too many choices. Like I'm watching this, this direct to video cage movie and he's like an assassin or something. No, he's like a score to sell. It's called a score to sell. And he's just chewing on this beef stick. And you just know that Nicholas Cage is like, Oh, you know what? For this scene, <laughs> I just want to be chewing on a beef stick while I'm executing this guy. What do you think? You know, like, you know that Nick Cage like like made this decision because that's the thing like Nick Cage he's like a he's Magellan he's a Magellan of acting he's always searching he's always exploring new ground he's always trying stuff he has his own method of acting called Western Kabuki or yeah, yeah. shamanism and like yeah. you know when he's acting and people think he's being over the top he is legitimately trying to channel German expressionalist acting like in a very serious way, yeah. like not trying to be cartoony, not trying to be ridiculous. Like he's like watching old silent films and being like, I'm going to go like this. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like it just, ah, oh, I, I, I think about him as being like a, like an unbroken wild stallion or something. And if, if the wrong director, somebody who doesn't have, a strong and i don't mean like i don't mean like bullying i'm not talking about like that old style hollywood where the director should be a dick to everybody and yell i'm talking about somebody a, a director doesn't have a strong enough internal voice of their own nick cage is just going to kind of run all over the place you know but if you get somebody right. that, no, that's, that's the perfect way to put it yeah perfect yeah way to put it uh-huh. you need someone to, you need to hone the cage too. yeah you have yeah. to learn how to hone the cage and, you know, and like I said, I watch all Nick, like, for instance, I I just finished up the man trilogy. You know what the man trilogy is? Mm-mm. It's family man. 
oh. Weatherman, <laughs> and Matchstick Men. Ah, uh, Matchstick Men. <laughs> I call it the Man Trilogy. You know, like, <laughs> and then you know he made the trifecta of the three greatest action films in the nineties: Face Off, <laughs> fucking um, John Face Woo. Off, Con Air, and The Rock. Like, yeah, yeah. The holy trifecta of all actiondom. And I, me, oh, shit, I don't remember who directed The Rock, but I know you got Face Off, you got John Woo, and The Rock, you got Michael Bay. These are directors with huge personalities, like huge visions, huge personal voices of their own. So you put that together with Cage, and you end up with something really fucking memorable, you know? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, just like, and you know, you have to, you know, I've heard, I can't take credit for this, but it, I think it's so true. Yeah. When they're doing face off, you have to realize the levels of what Cage is doing in face off and watch it next time. But Cage starts off as Caster Troy. Then he becomes, I forget John Travolta's character's name. Oh, yeah. He becomes John Travolta, right? Archer? And that then, right. and then he goes, when they, yeah, I think Archer. And then when he goes to prison, he has to pretend <laughs> to be being, Caster Troy. Being, or, yeah. Yeah. To be Caster Troy. No, uh, Archer or whatever, uh, John Travolta. Archer pretending to be, <laughs> to be Castro, Castro, Troy, right? But actually, like the levels of of where your mind has to go, and what you end up with is this really funny GIF of Nicholas Cage going, "Yeah." But like, it's, but like, it's, it's, it's. I mean, <laughs> to try to, yeah, yeah, no. He embraced the premise. He embraced it completely. There was no, you know, there was no hemming. There was no uh, hedging. There was no winking at the camera. Nick Cage said, "Okay, you want me to be a guy who has his face sliced off and replaces his his mortal enemy's face? I'm in it. I'm fucking committed. Let's do it." You know, there was no, uh, there's no. All right, I see what kind of movie this is. No, that's and- not what Cage does. <laughs> and and you know it's funny too um the, you know they're doing a sequel and you know i heard i, I see heard. some comments on the thing they're doing a sequel the the and it's it's like a sequel reboot sort of situation and because it's an unremakable film there are certain films that can never be remade ever i mean they do attempt to make unremakable they try films. they did that they with robocop yeah like robocop yeah, existed at a moment in time and you move it outside of that moment and it's You're it's so right. it's not it's not that Robo anymore. Cop is a great example of that. And mm-hmm. you couldn't remake Jaws. You can't remake oh, no. Jurassic Park. You no. Can <laughs> you can keep trying. Universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, but like, re- like Face Off is that movie where like you will never, th- those are, un- like those roles are so iconic. You will never be able to remake Face Off. But a mm-hmm. great continuation of Face Off, and I don't know where they're going to go with it, is yeah. John Travolta seeing caster troy wherever he goes in his mind oh, yeah. you know what i mean haunted like by that yeah both, yeah yep you can bring them both back and have them yeah. have scenes together and do all sorts of shit and it's just like it will work it will work like gangbusters yeah truly like gangbusters but you know i hate to put a pin in this conversation because no. i can literally talk about this fucking forever let's 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 close out our our wonderful conversation that was Sounds not supposed to, to be this long <laughs> sorry um, with don't, don't apologize I'm, I'm i'm the friggin i'm i'm the motor mouth we have to remake chud because we oh that's right chud. chud and i think oh, we're gonna start right okay. off the bat Starring Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Starring Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Star, right? Who is Nicolas Cage? For those of you who don't know, Chud is about cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers that rise up out of the New York City sewers and they're eating people and it's an ecological disaster. So how do we update that for today, modern okay. times? 
I think Nick Cage takes over the Daniel Stern role. And instead of so he's uh, homeless, so he's, he's homeless. Instead of a literally underground homeless community, he is the like supervisor of a of a of a um of a what do they call it? Shit, uh, a a safe injection site. Okay. I mean, transfer instead of uh, being homeless, being the spe- homelessness being the specific issue, over to like. Uh, addiction like uh the the uh um the chuds end up being because you know in the in the movie the chuds were um they were homeless people right 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 so we kind of i'm think i the first thing i think is like a a drug thing like an addiction thing can i i don't i I don't want to fight with you about this it's okay very passionately about disagreeing with you and instead I want to resurrect Stanley Goodspeed from The Rock. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, hear me out. Hear me sure. out. Stanley is now a city planner in New York City. Okay. Okay. So he's kind of like John Hedder. So you're but, putting him in sort of the villain role? No, he's not a villain. Okay. He's like a city planner who takes over and he has a past from being on The Rock, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's got that action background. So I'm like, combining the rock with <laughs> he's 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 got he's he's now in civil what is it like civil service civil, civil uh, a civil engineering yeah. like civil planner yeah. civil planning civic, civic planning he was a smart guy he was a smart yeah, yeah. guy he was a yeah. scientist that worked for the FBI and now he's in like you know city government and he, he's like a, a urban, urban planning a chemical you know, super planning. freak right yeah yeah he was a chem he was a chemist <laughs> super freak and and he's been brought onto this project because they are what is oh, okay because Elon Musk who's making fucking these batteries which are supposed to be eco friendly have chemical runoffs that they're not telling anybody about that are leaking into the sewers Mm -hmm. of New York city. Okay. And now we're going to tie it back into your plot. The (laughs) Daniel Stern character who we need to cast. I'm, 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 I'm overriding. That's what we have to go this way. We have to go this way, but I'll let you take it over. You take it over. It has to be a collaboration. Okay. Your Daniel Stern character is running a safety prevention needle center that gets attacked by the Chuds. What happens? What happens? Okay. Uh, Steve? So, uh, okay. So first of all, it's Laverne Cox playing the Daniel Stern character this time around. Okay. Love it. Love um, it. Great. Uh, so the Chuds are attacking the uh, uh, safe injection site and her She's regulars are disappearing. She's a witness. Okay. Yeah. Um and nobody's going to believe her because they think that she's a, a junkie lover, right? Uh, right. So, right. Is she in recovery? Is she she's she used to be a junkie and comes and comes backward? Or I mean, I think like, that's uh, a, I think that's a pretty a safe. I don't know. I, I um, because I mean, that's like it kind of it treads this story. line. Yeah, it treads this line. Like we never really learned it. Like whether, um, I don't know. Stern was. I guess. I guess he was homeless. Too. He was homeless in, yeah. in, in the original. In the he was homeless. In any case, they don't. Be- I'm just going on the promise of why they wouldn't believe her, and maybe they wouldn't believe her. Right, right. Recovering junkie or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's solid. Or a, even Bob. if she's not, maybe that's the big secret: is that like everybody assumes she is, but maybe she was just somebody who took this issue very seriously. No, you know and- what it is. People assume. How about this? People assume 
that she is a junkie, but it was her mother who was there a junkie. Go. Yeah. And now yeah, she yeah, yeah. does this. And we don't get we don't get this reveal until she's deep in the sewers with yes, Nicholas yes, Cage. with Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how do you connect the two? The baby, because his his fiance was pregnant in The Rock. In The Rock, that right. baby grows up to either either she is homeless on the street and she's she's uh, in the active throes of her addiction, or she volunteers with with uh, cops with the with the with the with the organization, whatever it is. Yeah, I think she's a volunteer. I think the kid's a volunteer. Fine, and Fine. she and maybe and she goes missing. She goes missing under. There we that go. She gets kidnapped, and now the two of them have to team up. Cox and fucking Cage have to team up. <laughs> Cox and Cage. Stewards. Yep. I'm and into it. I'm into it. Rescue the daughter. How do we take a pitch meeting? How do we get a pitch meeting these days? What's it? What do we do? What I, do we have to know, do? But I love this. Is my favorite fucking. <laughs> and I'm sorry for being forceful about getting my. Oh, no, it's fine. I, I just, no, I love it. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't have put. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hold on. Okay, so who is our bad guy though? Because we got the chuds. Elon Musk is our bad guy, or I, I guess we need like an Elon Musk analog, right? So we need. Um, uh, I'm only getting easy answers right now, like uh, um, Eisenberg, but that's not gonna. That's too easy. That's just on the nose there. Um, right. We need somebody kind of uh, somebody with some charisma to them. But still sleazy. Uh, okay, how about, how, sleazy. About spokes, how about an actor who's a spokesperson for a thing that is that has the chemical runoff? Yeah. And okay. Stanley Goodspeed is familiar with the chemicals. With the chemicals, he's been brought in yeah. Because they have these unnaturally high levels, and because he's Stanley Goodspeed, he turns the whole the chemical super freak. He's a chemical super. So he's like, all right. He's like, I can't even work in here if there's no vinyl. Get me some Beatles. <laughs> so they're like playing the Beatles and he's like doing his chemist chemist thing. And he's got a, he's like, he's playing guitar and they're like, they're like, Mr. Goodspeed, you can't play that guitar in here because you have chemicals. And he's like, shut up. He's like, don't you know what happened to me on the rock, you know? <laughs> oh God, don't Google the year rock came out because that was that was probably 1996. It's 1996. Oh my gosh. Losers always whine about their best. <laughs> Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carlo was the prom queen. <laughs> Are yeah, you man. Uh, Rocket Man? No, oh, oh, uh, he's like says something about the Rocket Man. He goes, uh, "Actually, you are the Rocket Man." <laughs> you know, Nicholas Cage would have been the perfect Superman, and I'll tell you why. Not just Bob. You're gonna love this, Bob. If Bob's still in the comments. Nicholas Cage would make the perfect Superman, not for his Superman, for his approach as Clark Kent. Hmm. He would have been such like a human version of Clark Kent. Such he would have brought so much pathos to that role that he would have just his Superman would have been fine, but his Clark yeah, Kent yeah. would have been, been Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Clark Kent, like all the actors, I, I have not watched a wealth of Superman movies. I have not watched. I throw out to the. <laughs> God. Dunstan. Oh, shit. Dunstan's, Dunstan's back. Um, I, so I, I haven't seen a wealth of Superman movies, but to me, it seems like the actors who play Superman put all their energy into the Superman part. And then the Clark part is kind of like um, an afterthought for them, you know, but I think you're right. I think if Cage were in this position, he would put a lot of thought into Clark and what 
Oh, he would. Clark. He would. It would be. It would be all Clark. It would be. It would be all Clark. It would be all man and no super. I really yeah, believe yeah. that. I really, yeah. really, really believe that. I got to tell you, Steve, this was fun. Truly, I'm gonna. Yeah, absolutely. It's a blast. It's never gonna stop. <laughs> we'll just keep going, buddy. Yeah, you fucking, you fucking rock. I've got like so much shit to do that I didn't get done because I just love talking about Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me on here, man. This is a oh lot of fun. God. I'm enjoying the oh hell out of this. God. Yes, and Q, you can hear Stephen and I and some of our other friends talk about movies on this channel. We we should, we have to get back to that when I get back from uh, my, my I'm going out of the country. Trip. When I get back, yes, when I get back from my trip, um, we will uh, we will definitely reconvene for another disc episode. We'll get the I'm band in. back together. Get the band. I got and, some. And I got some Blu-rays. But, uh... Oh, so do I. <laughs> Samurai. Oh, bringing oh my God. Syndrome. Tell me, please. Tell me got, uh, all right, I'll try to make this super fast. So I bought, I bought Jungle Trap and I bought Scary Tales on a whim because I was never into that shot on video stuff. I never watched much right. of that stuff. Yeah, I'm not a fan I, of that. Yeah. I I expected to watch these and be like, okay, that's fine. I watched them and they have burrowed into my fucking brain, man. I can't shake it. I am desperately trying to talk myself out of buying the year long membership for next year and just getting every oh. release that comes. I can't afford that. I as can't Kikachi fucking do that. Mike, as Takashi Mike says in Hostel, the, the only good thing about Hostel, Takashi Mike says, You'll spend all your money there. <laughs> yes, I know. I got to stay away. But this jungle trap is killed me. It's like so beautifully, sincerely bad. And it's, it's got heart. It's got the heart. Oh, my God. It's got so much heart. It just like throbs. I can't. Fuck. Anyway. Uh, I got to pick a different one if we do the the Blu-ray thing again oh, yeah, because just, <laughs> I just spoiled I, myself. <laughs> I just I just did the same thing. Actually, Six I saw strength. the title on your letterbox that I just ordered the Blu-ray of, and it might still be available. Do you want to know what it is, real quick? Last you give me a hint. Give me a quick hint. Tiny hint. It ha it the story takes place in space. Shit, and stars Dennis Hopper. Ah, this Blu-ray is space truckers. Oh, fucking dude! It's like, and I'll tell you something. This company, they're called Square Pigs Entertainment. I think. Yeah. They yeah. Put out the best releases. The region free. Go yeah, check yeah. it out if you. If that's something that, if that's something that that movie means a lot to me because of Stuart Gordon. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I had to have it. That I felt like that was a that was definitely worth a worthy purchase. I also bought Psycho Gorman uh, as a blind buy. I'm really glad I did that. That's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. A lot of fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> that Although I will say I was watching the commentary and the director's like every word of it. I was like, yeah, I just thought that was a really stupid idea. So I decided to do everything. <laughs> that <stupid>. sounds right. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, it's like hmm, let me see if I can make the stupidest movie ever. <laughs> like, like, that's like the place that he came from when he was making the movie but it just it made re-watching it with the commentary so much better because like okay i see like why, what <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah 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 and it just it really works okay that's it. all right all you're right cut off you're cut off go away all right have a good one steven thanks good Jeff. Luck to you. thank you guys. very check much out the Kickstarter. check out the links if i don't say goodbye then we're never going to say goodbye and we have a nice way of saying goodbye on the show we say peace, peace. and...